Hello, everybody, and welcome to Live on Mars. I'm Alex, CEO and founder of Mars Space, and we're back. We've been away for a couple of months, unintended pause, unintended break of this podcast. We have had a very, very busy summer. Happy to share what's going on behind the scenes. We've been extremely busy. We've had some changes in the company, but I'm, I'm very excited about bringing back the podcast because the podcast is a fundamental part of our business nowadays. It helps us to consolidate our message. It helps us to reach new audiences. And you know what? It brings us talent. We've had a lot of people applying to the company, mostly developers. They want to join the company because they listen to the podcast. They are very much aligned with our values, our you know vision of life and business, how we work. And it's funny, they come to the interview and... And we don't have to tell them who we are, what we do, what our core values are, because they already know them. They are acquainted with the way we we conduct business and and how we how we act, how we think, because they listen to the podcast. So my gratitude to these people, and you know, it kind of validates everything we do, and it it keeps us going forward. But as I said, I'm I'm going to be breaking down what's going on at Mars Base so that you are acquainted with it and apologizing for for not having published a podcast for two or three months, maybe. I wanted to take a break for holidays for June, late June, beginning of July when I was out. But that's kind of like snowballed into, into other areas. Basically, one of the big projects that has kept us very busy is the new website. We have been working on a a new website because the current one we've had for already seven years, if not eight, it doesn't produce the same wow effect as it did back in 2015 or 16 when we launched it and we revamped it. We added a few touches over the years, but not not much, right? It's it's basically the same website that we launched seven, eight years ago, almost nine perhaps. But we, we have been working on the website and and, and and you know we we got a saying in Spanish that roughly translates in English to the the shoemaker's children go barefoot, which means that you know you're too busy working on your craft that you cannot keep an eye or cannot work on your very own needs, and so we we never had people available for the website. We commissioned the design. In 2020, late 2020, maybe going into 2021, we started working on the website almost a year afterwards because at that time, after pandemic, throughout the pandemic, we had a lot of client changes and whatnot. And we always prioritized getting new clients rather than you know working on the website, which in hindsight might be a mistake. But, but you know... And in uncertain times, you never know how this is going to play out. So it's always good to secure some business. But yeah, then we kind of like have been working on the website here and there, not really continuously. And that's a big mistake. That's a big mistake because we've been one year and a half working on the website. We still haven't launched it. And even though we're pretty close now, it feels like it drags along for too long. It just drains the the motivation. And then it stops the... You know, I stopped publishing content on, on our current website because I really didn't want to duplicate efforts, right? It's not like I want to publish a blog post or a case study on our website and then have to kind of like move it to the other one. And so we we have been pushing the website throughout the summer. We had a couple of team changes didn't play out very well. 
So that's also been holding us back. That's why we we didn't publish the website. But mostly it's been also because we had a lot of, of client rotation, right? The market has changed. And that's something I wanted to share because I've been having lunch and breakfast and coffees and beer with many, many CTOs and other business people. And it's been very cathartic to understand what's going on because up until now, we haven't seen the rippling effects of the of the tech crash, right? We sort of started noticing when startups were laying off people, when we saw competitors shutting down or selling their business, but it was not affecting us. And as a matter of fact, I don't think it still affect us, but the situation has changed as follows, right? Whereas up until last year, we had been signing one or two contracts per year, mostly annual contracts or, or you know, semi-annual and working for six, eight, 10 months, something like that at a time. And then with one, two contracts a year, we would hire three, four people. And we capped our growth there because we want to be conservative, right? That allowed us to, to grow at our annual rate of about 30% on average every year. This year, we have already signed 10 contracts. Why? I, you know, I shared this on Twitter on a on a on a thread, and while it might look like that's good news, oh wow, you guys are signing so many new clients and and so many new contracts, that's not good because the average contract is shorter, and the average project is just chopped down into several phases of shorter duration. So, not complaining. We have to accept what the what the market is. We maybe were accustomed to having the longer contracts because we were, you know, kind of like riding the wave. It was like tailwinds. Now there are headwinds for everybody. The companies are taking a closer look at their PL and maybe they're not measuring their, you know, their payments they're spent against a semi-annual or a quarterly PL. They gotta do it monthly now. So they want the the projects, the investment projects to be chopped down into phases or sprints in weeks rather than months, right? Or months rather than years. So not a big deal for us because whenever we sign a contract, usually in 95% of the cases, we charge monthly. So it's always been like this for us. But now we're seeing more start and stop, right? Even if we sign a contract for a year, we would just, you know, be invoicing monthly. So the payments are evenly distributed throughout the year. It was predictable spend for the client. It was also predictable revenue for us, but let's let's focus on the client now, right? But, but now we're seeing more or less the same. It's kind of like, oh, we got this project, but we're going to chop it down in like three weeks, six weeks at a time, things like that. But they come with start and stop. Maybe between phase one, phase two, there's an interval of three weeks without doing anything. And you get a you know, we do the work for three weeks. Then even though we are scheduled to do something else, it requires another approval. It requires some internal QA by the client. And so sometimes this drags along for several weeks. We we cannot have people waiting, sitting idle for three weeks. I mean, it's not because we can't afford it. It goes against our profit, but also it it just bores the shit out of people, right? As a developer, you want to be assigned to projects. It's you don't like sitting around and doing nothing, right? Also, we don't we're not a company with a lot of internal projects. So it's not like, oh yeah, cool, we'll work on our product and these other revenue streams you got. Our 
main revenue stream, if not the only one, is doing development for people. So that's why we can we like to keep everybody employed at all times. And also because they're permanent contracts. So, you know, we like to have our people busy. We like to keep them entertained and have them doing work with, with you know, is sufficiently stimulating, mentally stimulating work. That being said, so as, as I mentioned, we have had a lot of changes. These 10 contracts, maybe not 10 clients, but we started... We started working for a startup in Barcelona. It's called Hireflix. We started working for Boston Consulting Group. We started working for Eckler, which is a manufacturer for audiovisual hardware. We started working for, who else we started working for? We started working for, for a few other clients where we have completed procurement for Repsol, for instance. We also stopped working for our other clients. So these in turn has also caused a lot of management overhead and sales overhead, right? I don't know how to quantify this, but prior to this change, I was spending one, two days a week doing sales. Now it feels like I'm doing five days a week doing sales, right? And I don't have that much time to to do marketing. And that's one of the reasons why I haven't been keeping up on the podcast when I should have. Also, the newsletter stopped. There's another thing, Lady, our very own lady, is out on maternity leave, right? And she assisted me in a couple of things in marketing, kind of like the the production of the of the podcast, sending out the Mars based newsletter, startup digest, helping in startup grind. And that's not happening anymore. So it feels like I'm in a I'm a one man orchestra trying to do everything, sales and sales and marketing, especially marketing, because in sales I got my two partners and co-founders helping me. But yeah, this creates a lot of overhead because you know when we used to sign one or two contracts a year, the contract discussions, scope discussions, the NDAs and the contracts and service agreements and other bureaucracy and paperwork, they were done once or twice or maybe thrice in a year. And there was a procurement process by a huge corporation like we've done HP in the past or Citadel Securities or or FC Barcelona, or, or, you know, some of the banking institutions out there. And now it feels like in every process, I mean, it doesn't feel like it, it is like that. There is a contract we got to sign, right? And when we finish the project, sometimes there's another, there's other paperwork you got to do. And you got to take more meetings to wrap up the contract, wrap up the project, hand over. Maybe you get it back a few weeks later, but you don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty, even in bigger companies. So yeah, I mean, and this is evenly distributed. The the most of the startups we have been working for many years, they either died down or they ran out of money. It's not a good time to raise funds and they had to internalize development or they have to they have had to lay off everybody and and keep the team at a minimum. They have shrunk back to a few folks, maybe founders only, to keep the lights on, right? And and kind of like weather this storm and see if they can raise funds, maybe go back and, and try to make the company more pr- profitable in the first place and then try to grow it. A couple of these clients might be coming back in the short, mid future, but, but, you know, a couple of them, they will not be operating anymore or they, they, they had some serious financial problems this year and they had to stop working with us. So we wish them the best of the lucks and, and hopefully we will we'll, we'll get them back someday if they, they recover financially. But that's also happened to, to, the, to SMBs. In SMBs, the situation has been more like they have had to slash down budgets. And whereas last year, they reduced 
there are teams in HR and marketing and operations. This year, the spend has been slashed down in, in research and innovation and technology and product, which are more core lines of their business. This is much more critical to their business. So I assume they're, you know, <laughs> it's very complicated. It's very complicated times for, for SMBs, especially if their margins aren't big, if they don't have financing. So I assume they, they have had to change pricing. Maybe, you know, the, their providers, you know, maybe the price has gone up or their rent has gone up, but their clients are require are requiring them to to lower the prices. So it's kind of complicated to make all of this matching. And in the corporates, we have also seen changes in the corporates. Luckily, our two biggest clients, they haven't changed anything. If so, one of the clients has increased the budget for next year, which is uncommon, saying the tendency. But, but we've seen in other companies, in other competitors, if you will, that they are Corporate projects have either been paused or canceled or postponed or 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 they have, you know, they have also reduced the scope of the project. So definitely uh, looking for shorter contracts. So definitely it's it's gonna be rough. As a matter of fact, one of the things that's really challenging and it will be challenging for us in the short and midterm is the lack of competitors. Up until last year, we had a lot of competitors in our very own space, not saying generic development. We never competed against the small and generic agencies. They do everything and anything, nor with the big ones, big corporations like Everest, Accenture, Deloitte, and whatnot, that they do everything also, and they are cheap just because they are very big and they have a lot of rotation, they have a lot of junior people, and they can afford to kind of lose money on the first phase of the project, and they will get it back in in farther phases when it will pay off, they will increase increase the chance, they will upsell the client and you know they, they get in there, they kind of like spread the tentacles uh, and try to try to <laughs> infiltrate other departments and and whatnot. But the thing is, up until last year, we when there was a CTO, say, you know, random company, Typeform, not that we've never worked with Typeform, but it's just a random name, was sending out an RFP to potential providers, he was choosing Marsbase, Mobile Jazz, CodeGram, Karumi in Madrid. So boutique dev shops, because they know them, they trust them, they like their philosophy, they prefer to pay a little bit more, but get quality code. So if the project was a hundred grand, then with the proposals quotes would range between like 85 and 115, 120, right? There was little deviation here and there, five to 10%. And they would pick the one that could start maybe earlier or the one that had a similar project or the one they had more affinity uh, with um, whatever their criteria was. But but you couldn't, you were sure that they were going to do a good job because all of them had more or less same quality standards, right? And uh, same type of developers, same seniority, if you will, same, same, that kind of, kind of like gusto for, the pixel perfect designs and the the quality and the last finishing touches, right? But now we're finding ourselves in these situations that most of these companies I mentioned they shut down, if not all of them, right? Or they have sold, right? I mentioned it in the past, like Karumi in Madrid, they shut down. Codegram sold to Factorial. Brock Rails sold to I I think it was Brock Rails sold to Shopify. 
Carbon 5 sold to a big financial player in the US. So we're not competing against them anymore. We are finding ourselves competing with the big generic agencies and the small generic agencies that irrespective of their size, they have the same fees, right? And our fees that range between like 80 and 110, 120 euros per hour, now we are competing against people who charge 30 to 45 maybe, right? And that's very low for quality coding. But it's not like a CTO is not going to choose the best option, which would be Mark Space, of course. It's that maybe their CFO or the CEO, whoever the last person to sign this is, it's like, how can you justify a 60% difference in the price with the other competitors, right? And what's worse in some projects like tenders will be discarded right away because we are not in the 80% that conforms with the with the, the average price, right? So if you're too far away from it, if your deviation is too big, bigger than usually the the top two, top three, and the bottom two, bottom three companies in terms of price, they they are automatically discarded from the process. So we that like the the median price has gone down, and therefore we have to adapt to that somehow. And that's the reality we're facing right now. Luckily, we'll still we're still getting clients. There are some companies that still value the quality of the development, but we cannot turn a blind blind eye on the reality. And we have to accept that maybe we have to change the pricing. Maybe we have to to adapt and, and have different tiers of quality. I don't know. Maybe we have to do more pro- closed scope projects that we have almost never done in the last five years. It's That's something that we're working on. So definitely, as I mentioned, so website, lately not being here, being a one-man orchestra, and all of these overhead in in work in sales and 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 operations legal and whatnot has been keeping us very busy that's why we we haven't been communicating much we would like to share much more we'll do an effort i'll try to do my best to bring back the the weekly podcast might be a few weeks that you know still not able to do it but but definitely uh, keep an eye out We'd like to launch the website in, in a few weeks, if possible. We have finished pretty much everything, right? Working on the content, Spanish translation. We have built a really cool a really cool thing. I will share more in a separate episode, maybe. The tech stack, the what we've built, build something custom, something really, really cool, technologically speaking. The design brings back the woe factor, which is really cool. And we'll be able to share more content, you know, the podcast will be integrated in the in the new website. It will not be two separate websites anymore. And and we'll be able to create more content and better. And definitely it looks it looks really cool. I can't wait to to share it. And also bringing back the podcast because we we've got five, seven, yeah, seven episodes recorded that I recorded throughout the summer. I never released. So we kind of leave them here and we we believe this is fundamental to our business. We really want to we were we really want to invest in this and now that we've got somebody replacing lady for her during the maternity leave maybe now we'll be more more able to kind of to to work on all of these other things uh, more efficiently and and go back to the to the regular schedule of the podcast newsletter and whatnot that being said there's a couple of things that maybe we want to 
pass down to other people. I'm just shouting out here so that you've got the exclusivity and that you've got a kind of like a, a first, <laughs> first right to claim it. Startup Digest and the Startup BCN community we got for freelancers. That's something that we might want to pass on to somebody else. We've been curating Startup Digest for the better part of seven years now and eight years for the other initiative. I don't know if we are the right people to keep doing this anymore. Maybe somebody else could do it better. And that's my feeling. We're not going to pass down Startup Grind, so don't ask me about that. But the other things, they really don't add much value to us anymore. And I think we kind of have outgrown them. Somebody else could profit from that. Gives you good exposure. It's a little bit of work, but it's well worth it. And it's fun. And you get to know interesting people, interesting projects. So if you're interested, kind of like, you know, it's either one of them, the two of them, or you got interesting things to, to share with us. Shoot me an email, hit me up on Twitter or X, however you want to call it. And let's talk about it because we feel like that's something that you can make a dent into the startup ecosystem, requires somebody else to take care of it. We really want to focus on the things that matter the most to us and and bring us more effort. And one of them is the podcast. So definitely I wanna I wanna shut down some lines here and pass the baton to to other people. So that being said, thank you very much for listening. If you're liking this podcast, you know, hit a like and subscribe in, in all the platforms that you can. Give us a review. And then again, apologize for the for the lack of communication the last two, three months. But we're back and we'd like to hear more stories, ready to publish the, the ones that we have already recorded and ready to meet more people and to share more exciting news about what is going on, want to talk more about our new clients, stuff we're building, how we build it, technology, the fuck-ups. We've had a couple of great, interesting stories this this summer that we want to share with you about like Prime React and Remix, technologies that we techno traditionally hadn't used for, for a long time. We had never used before, but now we have adopted. Now we're experts in them. <laughs> so really looking forward to sharing all the stories. So... That's it for me uh, from me now. So uh, see you in the next episode. Bye.